You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. We've got a packed show for you today as we approach the traditional signing day this Wednesday. You're going to be able to catch some commitments over at 247sports.com. And we're bringing in the Director of Recruiting, Steve Wiltfong, to set the table for National Signing Day. Steve, how are we doing? Doing great, man. Doing well. Just getting, trying to figure all this out before Wednesday. It's not as, I think, as active as maybe it was a few years ago. Obviously, the early signing period has taken a lot of the drama, a lot of the the headlines away from this first Wednesday of February. But I think it still brings us back or kind of gives us a, um, a flashback to what it used to be because there is some uncertainty heading into this Wednesday. Man, I mean, last, last week I was looking at the top 10 uncommitted players per the 24-7 sports composite, and I think... I only had like a great handle on two of them, which shows how close eight of them are. One of them is is obviously the number one player in the top 247, JT Tui Maloa, who's not going to decide. He has the power to take this thing all the way to the first day of school next year if he wants, uh, uh, for summer classes anyway. And, and so he wants to take his officials. I think he's going to outlast the pandemic and, and be able to get a few in. And uh, obviously, if you're following Brandon Huffman's reporting, our lead expert on that, our national recruiting editor, you know, JT really wants to visit Ohio State once, get back to Bama. And then you have you know, Oregon, Washington, and USC fighting to keep them in the Pac-12. So we're not tracking that one, but uh, there's still a lot of, of major recruiting storylines to dig into going into Wednesday. Yeah, so JT Tumoloao, number three in the composite. He's number one in the 24-7 sports rankings. Expected to, like you said, maybe commit later on uh, at some point during the spring. He wants to take some, some visits. But there are a handful of prospects that we are expecting to come off the board on Wednesday, especially in the top 100. You know, it, I think, what, like 80% of the players that were, you know, that had offers ended up signing during the early signing period. LJ Johnson, four-star running back from the state of Texas, still out there and Rajon Davis a four-star linebacker from the state of California or two or is another one that is in the top 50 for the composite that has yet to come off the board yeah I do expect LJ Johnson to make his college decision on Wednesday at least that's what a couple sources are indicating he's a, he he could have decided and enrolled early he's struggling with his decision between Texas and Texas A&M that's how hard it is this is a young man that graduated from high school early could have enrolled early I think at one point Texas was the clear leader uh, uh, but with 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 some changes to the the coaching staff, I think that that rocked it a little bit. Stan Drayton's still there, got a great relationship with the running backs coach. Uh, Texas A and M's been near the top the whole time too. Tommy Robinson leading the charge, Jimbo Fisher, and and what he's been able to do over the course of his career with guys like Dalvin Cook. I, I think that this has been a, a tough decision, and he 
is analyzing every bit of information down the stretch and, and trying to figure out if he's a Longhorn or an Aggie. I think Oklahoma had a chance at, at 1.2 for LJ Johnson, but Texas and Texas A&M are the schools with the buzz here down the stretch, and, and that one can go either way. And then Rajon Davis, the 24-7 sports crystal ball, favors USC, lead expert on that one. Greg Biggins in on the Trojans, myself in there. Are you in there? I am not in there, and that's because he just took that Ohio State visit, and it sounds like they wanted to get back at some point. Well, I think that Ohio State and Oregon have optimism around their programs as well for Rajon Davis, and and I don't think it's a done deal to USC. So I think that's one that also still has some excitement, has a lot of excitement going into his announcement. And Rajon Davis is one of those new age linebackers, Blair, that kind of like that Jeremiah Wusu karamoa from Notre Dame that can stuff the run on first down blitz off the edge on uh, on second down or, or cover a slot downfield, delay blitz, get home, have the athleticism to do that. Rajon Davis is that new age type player. And, and so it's easy to see why he's so coveted. And, and uh, I think all three of those programs feel like they have at least a puncher's chance. Uh, but USC's done everything that I think they were asked to do in this recruitment when he was committed to USC. Prove that you can win, make the Pac-12 title game. They, they hire some new coaches. USC doesn't even get to have a spring ball barely a summer with, with those new coaches. And, and yet they still have have a promising year. Then they have a great recruiting class, number eight nationally. A lot of the meat in that class is, is on the defensive side, so showing Rajon that he can play with, with great players. Uh, obviously, Corey Form being, being the first one to come to mind, but Prophet Brown and, and Sierra Wright uh, in, in the secondary. But it was a good defensive line haul for USC. Uh, and, and so they've done everything that they were asked to do. Will it be enough? We'll know Wednesday. Wednesday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, and for USC fans specifically, it would be 8.30 a.m., so a nice little wake-up call potentially for the Trojans as Rajon Davis will announce this Wednesday on the 24-7 Sports National Signing Day show, and shout-out to Greg Biggins for being able to lock that one in. Uh, and you know, like you said, a former LSU commit that I think always had his options open and, and always had his sights set on maybe some potential landing spots, and uh, this one is one of those one of those recruitments that uh, you know kind of reminds me and, and gives us a throwback feel to what uh, National Signing Day used to be. Uh, a few others, uh, Steve, that have yet to come off the board. Tywon Malone, a, a multi-sport star, right? A, a baseball player as well. Um, Ole Miss right now is trending for him on the crystal ball. And then you've got receiver Brian Thomas, another top 100 prospect in the composite from the state of Louisiana trending towards LSU. Yeah, Texas A&M's hoping they both go are, are Aggies, and, and and Texas A&M has the number seven recruiting class nationally for the 24-7 sports. That's the third straight top 10 haul. Maybe they get in the top five for the second time in three years if, if they can close. They have as many targets on the board as anyone here for the stretch run. That's two of them. Even though my crystal ball is on Ole Miss for, for Malone, my gut is with A&M right now. The intel says the Aggies have a slight lead. I think this has been a back-and-forth battle between the two programs. Rams, and, and I think that AM has the edge with three days to go for, for Taiwan Malone. But Ole Miss just hired their defensive line coach away from SMU, a young guy. I think a young defensive line coach was was something that that was a tri- was something that Taiwan Malone and, and, and his family were hoping for. Baseball is a big part of this decision. Uh, it looks like Frank Thomas in the cage. We've tweeted some videos in the past of him. Uh, I know he's done a ton of zooms with with AM's baseball staff as of late. You know, Jimbo Fisher has been heavily involved. 
involved. Elijah Robinson is, is maybe the best defensive line recruiter in the country, the Aggies defensive line coach, and he's from New Jersey. And, and, and so I give the Aggies the slight edge, but Chris Parcher, Joel Misses co-defensive coordinator, he's also from New Jersey. He's a former 24-7 sports national recruiter of the year. He's leading the charge for, for Ole Miss here, and, and I still think it could go either way, but if you're asking me now, I like Ole Miss. Uh, uh, Brian Thomas, I think the LSU, I think LSU was a school that was in third at one point, maybe they're in the lead now. I think things are picking up with, with LSU for Brian Thomas. A&M's been steady in this one. Uh, there was a time where I thought Alabama led. You know, They have the number one recruiting class in the country right now, number one recruiting class all time right now, which includes uh, four very talented receivers, three from Florida, one from Texas. Is Brian Thomas the fifth? Hey, when guys pick Alabama, they generally don't care about depth charts because they know that there's going to be extremely talented dudes in, in every position room. So I wouldn't think that that's a factor for Brian Thomas if, if he's indeed serious about Bama because you know, Bama guys think different. And so we'll see what he does on Wednesday. And then Steve, before we get to break, there's a couple others in our top 50 for the 24 seven sports rankings, Trevin Wallace and Terry and Arnold. What's the latest on their recruitments? Where do you feel like they might be signing? Yeah, so I like Kentucky right now for Trevin Wallace. Logged the 24-7 Sports Crystal Ball forecast over the weekend. He was all Auburn going into the early signing period. I think he would have signed with Auburn, but Gus Malzahn let go. Uh, and then ultimately his his lead recruiter, Travis Williams, who he had a great report with, gone. And I think Coach Summerall at Kentucky's his best relationship outside of uh, Coach Travis Williams. And so I think Kentucky's in a, in a great spot there. Uh, a couple things to watch there. Maybe uh, Travis Williams ends up on another staff before Wednesday. And and you also have uh, Georgia lurking there. And, and I think if the Bulldogs uh, uh, make a move on, on Trevor Wallace, they'll have a chance to get him as well. Terry and Arnold I almost forgot to answer. That's obviously he's down to Alabama, Florida, Georgia. My crystal ball's on Florida. I don't think he's going to Florida uh, right now as it stands. Uh, I, going into this weekend, I liked Alabama's position better than Georgia, uh, but we know Kirby Smart is as good a closer as there is in college football, so you never rule him out uh, as they pursue a fifth straight top three recruiting class, Blair. They finished number one twice in that run, second another time, and they're sitting at third right now. And they're doing everything they can to get Terry and Arnold in the full with Zooms, with him and the family and constant communication. They have his good friend, Xavier Sori committed. But I thought they were playing from behind with Alabama coming into the weekend. Uh, the trust of Coach Saban, the player development. Uh, uh, he likes what he's hearing as far as playing basketball. Alabama also from Coach Saban. Uh, uh, so they Alabama led in the spring in this thing, and, and, and maybe they lead in the end. And they could potentially be adding to that number one recruiting class in the 2021 class rankings. We are joined by Steve Wolfong. We're going to be right back here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo, joined by Steve Wilfong. Before we get back to talking recruiting, let me tell you about the College Football Daily with Trey Scott, as well as the Late Kick with Josh Pate. You can search for both of those on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. It's not college football season anymore, but they bring you daily dishes. They give you the hot takes. They give you interviews. uh, And it's a great team that we have here on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. So make sure you give those guys a follow a like and, and a subscription. Steve, so Eric Gilbert to Florida, That's that that kind of broke as we were preparing here to, to record this. And it, it's not technically recruiting in terms of the traditional sense, but I think it's still pretty significant because staffs uh, were able to open up some spots in classes or maybe uh, allow some spots to free up knowing that the transfer portal was going to be an active place. And it's another dimension that these staffs have had to juggle heading into this traditional signing day. The transfer portal has been good to Florida. Uh, one of the reasons why they had the season they had was was some of the impact transfer guys that they they landed, and and now they go out and you you look at what was a a twenty twenty class that finished in the top ten, uh, and that was without. Demarcus Bowman and, and Eric Gilbert. And, and now you add those two to a class that also had Dervin Dexter. And now Florida's, you know, Florida's 2020 class ha- has three five stars in it. Just two came through from the portal. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a very interesting time, you know, speaking to sources, speaking to some college coaches that uh, right now are trying to figure out certain um, roster spots that, that might be a little low on numbers or, 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 you know, maybe a, a certain spot that they can't, address in the high school ranks, um, you know, in the portals getting new names seemingly every day. So it's one of those wrinkles that I think everyone is getting used to. But now, uh, you know, heading into this 2022 cycle, capping off with the 2021 class and going into spring ball, there's been so many changes on, on coaching staffs. And I think all those relationships, those past relationships where you were recruiting a player during high school, they they, they tend to pay off once those players hit the portal and they can kind of reestablish those connections. So I think, uh, uh, that's going to be one thing to monitor here heading into this next year, especially with the the vote going in on immediate eligibility and not having to sit out. I, I think all that could be a, a factor. With the 2021 cycle coming to a close and traditional signing day coming up this Wednesday, uh, I know a lot of the eyes are on that, but the 2022 class is is starting off with a bang. We had Damani Jackson recently commit. He's a five-star cornerback, the number one prospect at his position out of Southern California. He, he commits to USC, staying close to home. And, and now the quarterback dominoes appear to be tumbling a little bit. Five-star Gunnar Stockton, who was previously committed to South Carolina, he came off the board late last week to Georgia. Georgia, um, we talked about it early in the show. That's going to be fifth straight top three class more than likely. And, and, and so next year, they're already up to number three with, with Gunnar Stockton's commitment. So six straight top three classes. They're getting their quarterback identity, the, the, the identity in their quarterback room under wraps. I, I think that they didn't recruit to a certain skill set. It was one guy this class, one guy that class. I think now they know what they're committed to under Coach Monken, and you go out and get Brock Vandegrift in, in 2021, and, and then you follow up with Gunnar Stockton in 2022. Those are guys that uh, the offense doesn't have to change too much, regardless of, uh, of who's under center. Uh, both guys that uh, are, are tough, hard-nosed football players that, that can extend plays and 
and uh, make things happen with their legs, whether that's still buying time and, and throwing downfield or, or tucking and, and running. Gunnar Stockton's as prolific a, a high school football player as there is in the country, almost 6,000 total yards or maybe even over 6,000 total yards as a junior and, and leading his team to the state semifinals. And, and, and so Georgia, uh, life after JT Daniels, uh, looks like it's going to be competitive and, t- and talented for years to come at quarterback. And, and Gunnar Stockton's going to help them land five, six, seven other commits through his seven-on-seven team and just in-state players that that Georgia covets, Gunnar Stockton's going to help help them help them land those guys. Yeah, and I think that's why early commitments are so important and and at times encouraged by certain coaching staffs because they want a, a face of a recruiting class to start getting into the ear of of potential targets. You know, and Georgia can now sell Gunnar Stockton as as a, a, a plus and, and as a companion to some of these high-level receivers or even offensive linemen that they might go after. Say, hey, you want to protect Gunnar Stockton or you want to catch balls from Gunnar, Gunnar Stockton, I think it's it's always a, a very big thing and a, and a plus when you're able to get a guy like him in the boat early on. Another quarterback that came off the board this past weekend was Nico Marchio. He's a four-star quarterback in the composite out of the state of Arizona, originally from the state of Colorado. His brother Santino Marchio played at Texas A&M, also you know, transferred out to Arizona, a former IMG linebacker. So they've got some connections in in the state of Florida, and he commits to Florida State, giving the Seminoles uh, another commitment in the 2022 class. I think they're at half a dozen already. So uh, Mike, Mike Norvell, going back to his stomping grounds in the state of Arizona, where he used to be an assistant coach at ASU. Um, you know, obviously he's gone out and, and gotten a quarterback in Mackenzie Milton from the transfer portal, and, and also got Cheba Purdy uh, out of the state of Arizona a couple cycles ago, being able to flip him from from Louisville. So you know, I, I think Norvell, in a way, flex his muscles. I know Coach Dillingham as well was a big reason why Nico Marchio was enticed to go out to the ACC and, and, and take his talents across the country. And, and this is a player that you were able to see in Indianapolis at the QB Collective event last year. What do you think of him? What do you think of his skill set and how he might fit there uh, at the next level? And I know you've seen him a ton too. He's in, he's in your backyard. Florida State Coach Mike Norvell, uh, his offense is coming into this season. For the last four years before that, I think averaged like 42 points a game. And and, and he would always feature a quarterback throwing for over 3,000 yards and typically a running back over 1,000. So uh, Mike Norvell's uh, offense is not only known for being prolific, but uh, incredibly balanced and, and tough to play against. And so that's certainly attractive to quarterbacks in the portal and on the trail. And that's why we've seen uh, Coach Norvell come in and kind of flip one of college football's unhealthiest rooms. And, and, and you look at North Carolina, the mess that Mac Brown and his new staff, they're not new anymore. They're two years in. What they inherited uh, at the quarterback room uh, wasn't quality enough to, to be a winning football team. And, and he quickly changed that by flipping Sam Howe from Florida State and, and, and uh, uh, landing a, a couple touted guys behind behind him, most recently Drake May. Florida State, uh, their, their quarterback room was kind of in, in tough sledding uh, as well when Coach Norvell got there. But, the, but through the portal here and, and, and through recruiting. It's about to be real competitive and Nico's going to add to that. And I think his strongest trait is his toughness and his competitiveness. And he's a guy that wants to come to camps and compete and get better. That QB collective event is is full of terrific 
quarterback coaches and, and they get a lot of information and knowledge in that setting and, and he takes it back and, and has a good junior year but he's a hard-nosed football player he's a really good wrestler uh, and, and a guy that can also extend plays and, and make things happen 200 and something pounds uh, packed onto a six foot one frame he's he's a he's a load to tackle in space and and uh, makes plays happen downfield on his junior film I'm not gonna throw the words out Tim Tebow but I'm going to say he's kind of a poor man's Tim Tebow. Like the way he's able to do things outside the pocket, the way he's able to improvise in space, uh, he picks up those tough yards. Like you mentioned, he, he can sh- lower his shoulder and, and really bang defenders. I, I think he's got the potential to be Florida State's version of Tim Tebow in terms of what he's able to do with his legs and also with his toughness. So not going to blow you away, I don't think, with his arm, but he's going to make, make some of those throws that, that you need to make to move the chains. So Nico Marchio uh, giving Florida State a, a commitment in 2022 and he's a four-star quarterback out of the state of Arizona. Steve, before we let you go, Ty Simpson, uh, another uh, elite and blue chip quarterback in the 2022 class. He has set a decision date and uh, he's supposed to commit on my on my birthday. So it's going to be a nice little a nice little day for us. Yeah, man. I, I wonder who's going to have more fun, Ty Simpson or, or Blair <laughs> on that day. I, I logged the medium confidence pick in favor of Clemson uh, today. I, I think that they're in a good position. I don't think his mind's completely made up. But Ty Simpson's dad, he's the head football coach at UT Martin, Jason Simpson. And he opens his season on February 21 because FCS schools are, are playing in the spring. And so uh, Ty wants to get his decision out of the way so his dad can focus on his football season and Ty can focus on getting ready for his senior season and, and his decision not lingering. And Ty got a chance to take a bunch of visits in the fall. Uh, uh, there's four schools I like the most here. Clemson, Texas A&M's in a great spot. Jimbo Fisher's son actually plays for Ty Simpson's dad. <laughs> and so that'd be kind of ironic if then Ty Simpson went to go play for Jimbo A little Fisher. family swap. Yeah, but I, I think that think that they're in it. Alabama's certainly in it. And, and, and then I think that uh, Notre Dame is is making a late push as well. So those are four that I, I have a keen eye on for, for Ty as he tries to get it down to one. He, he spoke highly of Tennessee and, and, and Auburn and Ole Miss as well. Uh, and he's been to all those campuses except for Notre Dame, I believe. I don't know if he's been to A&M, but again, we talked about the Jimbo Fisher connection, but I know he's been to all the others, went to games this fall and uh, – I, I like where Clemson stands right now, but nothing is locked in uh, going into February 19th. Yeah, so Ty Simpson, make sure you you check out 24-7 Sports and, and stay locked in for all the latest on him as he approaches his college decision. Steve, thank you so much for joining us and and enjoy maybe a, a, a little less stressful National Signing Day. Hey man, this is what we. This is the profession we chose. So uh, I'm, I'm glad I work alongside guys like you. We'll get through Wednesday, and then we'll quickly turn the page to 2022. Yeah, it's our it's our second Super Bowl of the cycle uh, as we approach Super Bowl week. So Steve, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at swiltfong247. A reminder: we've got the 24/7 Sports Signing Day show this coming Wednesday. Make sure you check the website and make sure you locked in to all of our social channels on on YouTube and. At 24-7 Sports over on Twitter. I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good. 
for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.